Do you think we have everything right in society right now? Do you think we have everything right in the church? Obviously, everybody who says that they're a Christian says we're following the Bible. We're following after Jesus Christ. But I would ask you the question, is that really so? If you were watching this in video, you saw my awkward finger come up. Well, that was strange. I don't know what that was all about. I felt like I was going to say something more and then lost where I was. Now we're all friends, right? Well, this morning, I first of all want to thank you for tuning into God's Resistance, where we resist sin, self, the devil, and the world. What, what God's Resistance really is, is, in essence, is God's people standing up, taking their rightful place in society, and then... I guess being a, a kind of aggressively evangelistic, uh, dealing with the problems of our day and not just sitting behind the walls of the church and allowing everything to go on. We are the conscience of society. I was just talking with somebody in a car earlier. We're the conscience of society in that we can look around and see what's going on in society. And if the church doesn't speak, then evil progresses more and more and more. But the church is supposed to be the salt and light in the world. We're supposed to be teaching people about the ways of God. We're supposed to be confronting wickedness and sin. And that's what we would hope to do. It's just that somehow we've lost that. And we just need to kind of rally up and encourage one another to do that very thing. So we need to look at something uh, or, or life around us, we need to look at it with real eyes. And that's what I would hope to do this morning by looking at a certain passage of scripture, which is 1 Timothy uh, chapter 4, verses 1. And I, we'll probably go through the uh, five verses here. So we're going to start off 1 Timothy 4, 1. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats, which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it be re uh, received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. So what does this, uh, I mean, wh where do we go with all this kind of stuff? I guess is where I I'm at right now. Notice that it says right in the beginning, now the Spirit speaketh expressly. Now it's talking about the Spirit. Obviously, it's talking about the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. What does it mean when it says that the Spirit speaks expressly? Well, literally, it means that the Spirit is speaking manifestly out in the open. It's not hiding it. It's not in a corner. He is speaking something in such a way that the church should hear, know, and understand. So we're told the Spirit's speaking expressly. What's he speaking expressly about? Well, it says here that in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith. What does latter times mean? Most people, when they hear the word latter times or the phrase latter times, they immediately think to just before Jesus will return. There's no doubt that that's where it is included in what it says latter times. But according to people that would have been hearing this, the latter times were just understood as the times of the Messiah. And the times of the Messiah began when Jesus came here on earth and a totally new system came in, which does in fact include the days right before Jesus returns. Um, so when he says that these latter times, uh, some are going to depart from the faith, this was already happening in the first century. People were departing from the faith. People were coming into the church and bringing into the church things that were not pure. It wasn't the doctrine of God. And they were trying to subvert things that the apostles were teaching. Now, we're, we're no special case here in modern day America and evangelicalism, no matter how bad you might think things look. 
it's been happening for thousands of years. We are in those latter times. We've been in those latter times. And no doubt things look like they're progressively getting worse as far as the church is concerned and the conscience of the church. But then we go to places like China and we see that the church is thriving, even under the persecution and all of that. The thing is, the spirit of Antichrist has been at work since that first century and will continue yet to. And so he says that it, it expressly out in the open that in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith. Now, depart from the faith, uh, I, I believe in a doctrine that says that once I'm saved, I'm always saved, so, so you can't depart from the faith. Well, what do you do with a verse that's like that? Do you do you just read over it and think, well, it obviously can't mean what it seems like it says it means because that goes against what I think or believe. Rather, we should reframe our thinking and say, what does it really say? And if it says depart from the faith, that leads me to believe that this person was once in the faith. They once walked with God. They had something of substance because they departed from it. And they can't depart from something if they were never in it to begin with. I hope that makes sense. I mean, that just seems plain and logical to me. But it says here that in the latter times, in the days after Christ's ascension and, and waiting for his second coming, that people will depart from the faith. So that's a warning for all of us, I guess, to pay attention to is we could turn our back on God and go in a direction that would be utter destruction to us. And we need to know that. We need to be warned of that. We need to watch over our hearts and guard our hearts before God. You know, it's not like I'm somehow going to keep myself like, you know, I'm, I'm just going to, you know, pick myself up by the bootstraps. I'm going to be the best Christian ever. There's an element of where you and I need to take responsibility. We need to say, this is what God says, and here's what I'm going to do about it. All the while, we are relying upon the Holy Spirit. I heard somebody say this, uh, or I read this actually, is John Fletcher. He said this in Checks to Antinomianism. He said, something that would help us to live in the way that God wants us to is to do everything as if it depends on you and you were going to get no help from God, but then to trust in God as if that you could do nothing and he has to do everything. I think that kind of sums up in a very extreme measure what the gospel is. It's a synergistic working together. God works within us by his spirit, and we either cooperate with him or we reject him. We're told here that we need to uh, know that the spirit is speaking right out in the open that in the latter times, people will depart from the faith. So we need to know that. Now, we may say, well, I'm not going to depart from the faith, and I hope that is your thought. I hope that is what you want. You want to stay close to Jesus Christ. We also need to realize, though, that he that thinketh he standeth, take heed lest he fall. Peter said, I won't deny you, Lord, though everyone will deny you, I won't. We need to understand that this could happen to us. So we need to walk carefully before God, humbly before God. We need to be in a surrendered position before the King of Kings. We're not just gonna go at this and say, I got this, I got it all taken care of. Don't you worry about it, Jesus, I'm gonna make it. We're gonna say, Lord, I know I'm living in a world where things are messed up and I know there's temptations everywhere. I want to stay close to you. I want to know what you love and I want to know what you hate. I'm going to read the word of God. I'm going to walk in it. I'm going to be your disciple by your help and by your grace. How are people departing from the faith? Well, it appears to be that people are giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. We find that going on right now. People are giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Now, there are seducing spirits all around in the world around us. There's a lot of celebrities that say, you know, I, I gave my heart to Christ. I mean, quite frankly, I've, I heard about Kanye West and I thought, you know, there actually might be a chance that he got saved. When I heard some of the testimony that was going on and that, that pastor, and I can't remember what his name was, but the pastor said something like, 
you know, he he came to me and said, okay, well, I'm in the music business. I'm out of the music business now, right? Now I can't continue to do this because I know the wicked stuff and the evil that's in the the uh, entertainment industry as, as it's controlled by the world. I know all that stuff's going in there. That's going to ruin me and my soul. Sadly, this pastor counseled him and said, no, 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 you stay in that. You can use it for Jesus. Now, no doubt, maybe Kanye West could have used something in his uh, artistic career, you know, in the kingdom of God at a later time, but in his infant stages, I believe he really needed to make a clean break and just get away from that stuff, get himself grounded and settled in truth. So you look at somebody like Kanye West, you know, uh, is he really saved? I, ho- I really hope that he would be really saved and walking with God. There are some things that he says that I'm thinking I agree with, but there's also a lot of other things that don't seem to be adding up in the Bible. Thankfully, I'm not the one who's judging his soul as to where he's going to go in, deter- in eternity. However, we need to look at the fruits of people's lives and we can see things. And I'm not just saying this solely be- with Kanye West. There's other people, you know, that say they're Christians. There's politicians, there's other singer songwriters and movie stars and all this kind of thing. And you know, there's seducing spirits that are working through these things. We think, oh, wonderful. This Hollywood, you know, person, they really gave their heart to Jesus. Now I'm going to hang on all their words. It's amazing to me how gullible people are when they hear something like this, that now they just kind of follow after this person and Christ has been tossed in the dust somewhere. It's like they've never read their Bible. It's like, you know, oh, well, they said they're a Christian, so they really must be. I remember uh, this was back when Trump was first elected. Um, so that would have been, you know, 2016. Um, I mean, it was like right after and, and people and uh, there was somebody in a church and they said, oh, I heard Trump said that he was a Christian. Isn't that wonderful? I'm thinking to myself, do you see the guy's actions? Do you see the things he said? He by no means acts like a regenerate, born again, saved Christian, delivered from the power of sin. He acts like a man who's full of himself. Now, I, whatever you think about him politically or whatever, I'm just saying as a Christian, he's he was not acting like a Christian. He did not show the fruits of it. We can't be that gullible. Well, so we ask then, it says here in the latter times that people will depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. So seducing spirits are those very things. They're drawing us out from the truth of Christ, seducing us away like bait in a trap to catch an animal. And then when we finally get out far enough, whack, we get the trap on us and we're in big trouble. And so we have seducing spirits in Hollywood. We have seducing spirits in the church, celebrity Christianity, big, you know, name pastors that they got a following. They're raking money in from the gullible people. They get to positions where they've gotten so much fame and reputation, they're afraid to speak the truth and afraid to stand on it because, you know, they might lose their position, their power, and their influence. My goodness, this is not what it's supposed to be like. It's supposed to be that we stand up for Jesus Christ. You know, if you've been getting help from this already, I want you to subscribe, turn on the notification bell, like, comment in the video below, and visit www.godsresistance.com for more. But back to this thought here, people are getting seduced uh, by seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And, you know, the doctrines of devils are creeping straight into the church. There's things that are going in there. It's still the same old stuff that's happened from the beginning. It's just recycled. It's got new clothes on. It's coming right into the church. It's this yoga stuff. It's these prayer walks and these weird labyrinths. It's it's like occultic things, grave soaking from Bethel and all this other crazy stuff. We got a lot of strange things flying under the banner of Christianity and the devil sitting back and mocking, probably thinking, how gullible and dumb are these Christian people? It's like they don't even read their Bible. So you know what? The devil capitalizes on it and that's exactly what happens. It says that there are going to be people speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. 
So there are people that may have entered into this good way of Christianity, and somewhere along the way, they just gave heed to seducing spirits. They don't even know they've really departed from Christ because incrementally they just allowed things to get the boundaries to be pushed more and more and more. And now they're speaking lies and hypocrisy. Now we've got a bunch of hypocrites standing up and telling us how we're supposed to live for Jesus Christ. And you know what? It says their conscience is seared with a hot iron. In other words, their conscience doesn't even trouble them anymore about these things, where once it may it may have done that. Then we have, it says some of the specifics were forbidding to marry. It's Catholicism, it sounds like, right? Forbidding to marry because the flesh is so bad, we shouldn't even enjoy marital relations or any of those kind of things. It, it's nonsense. It's not the scripture. And we've been warned of that even right here. Commanding to abstain from meats and uh, which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. The scriptures clearly uh, bring out that after Christ rose from the dead, all of those meat distinctions and whatever, they're not a thing anymore. It was the schoolmaster to lead us unto Jesus Christ, to teach us clean and unclean and all that kind of stuff. And now it's not that way anymore. And yet some people still climb this hill and then they die on it, unfortunately. If you personally don't want to eat meats, great, but it's not a command from the Lord and we're not any more spiritual if we do or don't. Uh, but it says that we're to receive all these things with thanksgiving. And yet religion has been made up of this, you know, oh, don't eat this, eat this and, and don't marry, you know, that's more holy, all this nonsense. It says for every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving for it is sanctified by the word of God in prayer. So the real point is, are you a Christian? Have you repented of your sins? Do you know your Bible well enough that when the charlatan comes in and tells you, hey, this is what the Bible teaches, instead of listening to this joker, you say, hey, wait a second, the Bible says such and such, and that person's saying completely contrary. Well, the question's over. That person's not telling the truth. I'm not going to listen to them. So, dear listener, don't just listen and swallow everything that goes on. Know your Bible. Read it yourself, you know? Test every word that comes out of the preacher's mouth. See if what they're saying is real. And if it is real, follow them. If they're following after Christ, then you follow after them. If they're not following after Christ, stay far away from them. So don't give heed to these things. Know that it's possible for you to depart from the faith because the scriptures say it, but don't walk on eggshells. Surrender yourself to Jesus Christ. And so if that's you, then you just stay close to Jesus. If you have surrendered those seducing spirits, repent, do the first works, come back to Jesus Christ, get re revived in your own soul. And revival is nothing more than just refreshing your obedience to God and walking in that true light and having the power of God, a fresh supply in us. And so I want you to do that. But until next time, I want you to join the resistance, God's resistance. Your next step is to call 570-362-7782. I'd love to talk with you. We're out in the Wilkes-Barre Public Square, at least for a little while longer, um, probably up until December, hopefully. Uh, every Wednesday at 5 p.m., every Sunday at 4.30 p.m. And we do meet inside of homes right now, and we are hoping to get a space locally in the area. So stay tuned for that, and we hope to see you on the square. <laughs>